Welcome rock and metal fans. Coming to you from the barns of Amish country and pastures of cows are those two bad boys of rock and metal. B1 Bomb and the Smuts. Bringing you the best rock and metal bands from the 80s and 90s and today. Playing and discussing music from the featured bands with special guests, interviews, contests and more. So grab a beer and turn it up. It's time for the Headbangers Vault. Two, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Headbangers Vault. I am the B1 Bomb here in the Garage of Destiny on the Labor Day weekend. And because of that, the schmutz is not here. He's in full party mode. But I have a special guest who has been on the show for a long time. And that guest would be... Ah, Kevin Dyhouse. What's going on, man? It's been a long time since you've been on the Headbangers Vault. Yeah, it sure is, man. I think last time we was talking about last days, right? A little interview with you, yeah. It was a while back. It's been a while. We're glad we got you back on. We needed a super special guest to fill in for the schmutz. Seems like we do that a lot here on the Headbangers Vault. Don't know where that guy always is, but... That's okay. <laughs> so, Mr. Dyhouse, we're going to do podcast on your favorite grunge band, and that would be... Soundgarden, Chris Cornell. When did you first discover Soundgarden? I remember back in the early 90s. Uh, I wish I could say I was an OG Soundgarden fan from back in the 80s, but... I'm not. <laughs> so I think the first time I heard of him, a, me and a buddy of mine was driving around in his car, and his name was John Gibbs, and he had this yellow sunbird we used to drive around in. And he had just bought in a bunch of tapes at the time because he just got a new job, and one of them was Bad Motorfinger. And uh, we were driving around listening to it. I forget which song it was. Uh, it was like Cage or something. Okay. But I was just, I was attracted. I was like, it's voice, it's awesome. And I really didn't get into him then. I was just kind of attracted to him. And then I didn't really start getting into Soundgarden until Super Unknown. And then I went and bought Super Unknown with a bunch of CDs that I had bought. And that's when I first began my love affair with Soundgarden. And it was just, uh, I was off to the races then. Great music, great lyrics, the imagery. I think I think Super Unknown is still my still my favorite album. Yeah, I'd probably say that would be my favorite with these guys too. Let's go back to that little history on Soundgarden. They were formed okay. in Seattle in '84 by singer and drummer Chris Cornell and lead guitarist Kim last, Thale. Kim Thale and bassist Hiro Yamamoto. Yeah, he was on the first two albums, I think, and then eventually quit. Yeah, he gave way, and then Ben Shepard come along, and that's when they yes. really found the lineup. This will be one fun fact. Jason Everman was before Ben Shepard, and he was actually in Nirvana for a while. He was, yeah. I mean, he was kind of like an unsung kind of guitar person, man, from the grunge era. Hired gun, per se. Yeah. Now, I did not know that Chris switched to rhythm guitar from the drums i i did not know that either yeah i was reading up on that today too and i was like what it was a three-piece really you know and i didn't i did not know that you know these guys came out with a couple eps one was screaming for life in 87 and fop in 88 which man that's kind of cool those guys coming out with kind of a grunge sound in the big hairband era right yeah well that was kind of that transition 
you know, the late 80s, you know, you had Poison and GNR and Skid Row and all these hair metal kind of bands, you know, and then at the same time, you had Nirvana coming out, you know, and Alice in Chains and yeah, yeah. all these, this this new sound, you know, and then finally, they just they kind of took away, you know, they just kind of took precedence o- over all that. Cool with me, because I was never in the, I was never in the hair bands anyways. Well, <laughs> I, I really was. I, I know you was. I did not fan. know much about Soundgarden until Bad Motorfinger, so tech on me. Yeah, yeah. Now we're going to explore a little bit of their first album called Ultra Mega OK, 1988, signed on the SST record label. Band wasn't really a hip on it. Man, like I said, I was never, I never really got into this album or the other EP, mm-hmm. the Screaming for Life. Is that what it was? Yeah. Uh, I know there's like handful, there's a couple songs I like off both of them. Hunted Down is a good jam. You know, I'm sure there's great ones on there. The one I was more, uh, there was one, there was a song called Fop, I think, off of the Screaming for Life, or Fop, to where EP it was. Pretty cool one. We'll play Hunted Down real quick. Let's do it. I guess this album did earn the band a Grammy Award nomination for Best Metal Performance in 1990. That's kind of wow. cool. Wow. It is kind of cool. Yeah, this is definitely grunge before there was even a term called grunge back in the day. It was. Yeah, it was, you can tell, you know, the guitar tones, you know, were different. Just the whole feel of the songs were yeah. different. And just, you know, just, you know, the way they approached writing right. the songs was different. I mean, it was a whole new, a whole new genre. It definitely was. Definitely different for 1988. Oh, yeah. Totally. So we're going to move on to 1989, Louder Than Love. That's a great album. This was my first album for Soundgarden. You know, as far as when I say first album, this is the farthest back I've tracked them okay. and listened to them. Yeah, there's some um, good songs on here. Did you have any favorites that you really like? Oh, there's some great songs on the Ugly Truth. That starts the album, I think. That's a great song. Big Dumb Sex. That's a great song. It's got bad words in it for the children's, but Ooh. it's a it's got a it's got a great groove. There it is, man. I love those drums. You can't beat a song that starts out with some drums. Oh, Matt Cameron, dude, you kidding me? Wow. Yeah, this is Ugly Truth, I think. Now that's some serious grunge right there. Oh, yeah. This was recorded independently, but they did sign with AM Records in 89, and it was one of the first grunge bands to be signed by a major label. That's pretty cool. That is cool. I knew knew that Soundgarden was, of of all the grunge bands out there in Seattle in the 90s, you know, that... Soundgarden was the one that everyone aspired to be, you know? Right. Listen to that vocal. Yeah, 
You can hear a little bit of blues, a little bit of metal, a little bit of punk. The money can't, the money can't give what the truth takes away. <laughs> yeah, this is Throw it away. Stuff. Oh, dude. Daughter loves an awesome album. This is Big Dumb Sex. I know Guns N' Roses covered one of these songs off of their Spaghetti Incident album. Really? Yes, they did. I did not know. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Listen to Stick That Groove. So awesome. Yeah, and these guys were primed and ready for the grunge movement that was coming up real soon. They totally was. Well, they were going to spearhead of it, too. Yes, they you know? were. I would think them and Allison Chains were the two bands that were right there. Well, and Mother Love Bone yep. as well. Mother Love Bone was right in that in that scene, too. Yeah, they were. Uh, Chris Cornell and, and Andy Wood were roommates, in fact. Okay. You know? That's a little house fun fact right there. Yeah. Listen, I've seen interviews with Chris where he was talking, he was talking about Andy Wood, how they would push each other in songwriting. Oh, wow. Let the celebration begin with Case in Court. Lisa and her staff provide a wide selection of beer, wine, and spirits at competitive prices. They have everything you need for your next party, get together with friends, or that special occasion. Open Monday through Sunday, so stop by Case in Court. 835 North Main Street, Geneva, Indiana. And now we are going to be moving to the big dog. And everybody knows what this album is. The one that really got these guys on the market. Bad Motorfinger. And I don't think there is a bad song on the entire Bad Motorfinger album. I mean, there's from front to back, it is just unbelievable. I mean, almost the perfect album. Almost. I mean, for Soundgarden fans, I mean, I mean, there's Rusty Cage, there's Slaves and Bulldozers. They're outshined, of course, you know, and man, let's see what else is on this album. Slaves and bulldozers. Yeah, slaves and bull- Jesus Christ pose. I mean, geez, man. It's-, it's huge. This found its way onto MTV, too, and it was their highest charting album at the time on the Billboard at 200, right? where it peaked at 39. And it did receive critical acclaim. I do remember seeing this song on MTV, seeing Rusty Cage. Yeah, it was at that right time. Back when they actually used to play videos. (laughs) You don't hear as many songs on this album on the radio anymore, which is kind of strange because for a long time there were a lot of songs been played. Searching with my good eye closed. That's a great song. I think my favorite song on here is "A Room a Thousand Years Wide." Favorite hey, play for you right now. That's a, that's a great one. I mean, you just can't go wrong with this album. Oh yeah, I just like I said, front to back. I listened to this one 
uh, when I'm at work on my phone. Right. This one and and uh, this one and down on the upside. Yeah, that's a good one too. They supported this album with tours of North America and Europe opening for Guns N' Roses on their Use Your Illusion tour. That's cool. Yep, they sure did. And this album was nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Metal Performance. Sweet. Wow. It's been a while since I've listened to this. I got this album and it came with a double disc with a live song and a Black Sabbath cover. It was a kind of a rare version that only came out at a certain time. I was so excited yeah. to get that. Into the Void. Into the Void. Yeah. It's awesome. And this album has all kinds of different reissues. I mean, there's a 25th anniversary reissue. There's one with demos and bonus tracks. So it's got a lot yeah. going on with it. Yeah, that's the one that I have. I have a one with a bunch of bonus tracks on it. Yeah, I would love to get some more of this stuff. This is Slaves and Bulldozers. Oh, yeah. Now, this this is a shout-out to the Schmutz. Soundgarden took a slot opening for Skid Row in the U.S. in 92 for their Slave to the Grind tour. Oh, wow. That would have been a cool concert to see. Oh, yeah, are you kidding me? That would have been awesome. I, I seen Skid Row in 92, and Pantera oh, wow. opened up for them, so they must oh, have wow. got Soundgarden at some point as well. Can you imagine, I can't imagine. That would be an awesome concert to see Skid oh, Row, good. Pantera, and Soundgarden in their peak. Yeah. That would wow. Been a cool concert to see. Have you ever seen Soundgarden? No. I, I have not. Have you? Yes. I've seen them uh, four times, I think. I've seen four times. Like four times. Wow. Yeah. And I, saw, I, also saw, I also saw Chris Cornell on his, uh, on his uh, Euphoria morning tour back in the late 90s. Right. That was real good because he uh, he kind of screwed us a little bit by going on really late, but you know the concert was awesome. It was in a smaller venue, and at the time when they closed the show, they closed the show with uh, "All Night Thing" by Temple of the Dog, that and that, been that, just, smoking hot. that just melted my brain. That just melted my brain. It's funny you mentioned Temple of the Dog because did they not get back together and do? A concert or two years ago. It was Temple a, of the Dog. Yes. Yes, it is. So it was the Pearl Jam, the Pearl Jam tour. Some, some I forget which one it was. It was some kind of Pearl Jam anniversary tour or something. A couple friends of mine actually saw. They went to two shows. Now, dig this, but you can. <laughs> my my friend Adam, who was the guitar player in Last Days. He went to the show, and he went straight up to uh, right up to the stage. I mean, he could have reached out and touched Chris Cornell's foot. And he, he was there the whole time and just watched the show the whole time, watched the, the entire Temple of the Dog set. Plus, they played um, they played uh, a series last stand by Led Zeppelin. 
And and then and on top of if all that wasn't cool enough, he actually got Chris Cornell's copy of the set list. They took it home with him. It's framed in his and hanging inside of his uh, in his in his studio at home. He's a lucky man. He totally is. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't imagine doing that. We tried to get we tried to get tickets, man, but it was it'd have been hard. You know. Oh, dude, they sold out in like a nanosecond. Yep. You know, I'm still I still don't know how he got his. But wow. He had a lot more. He had a lot more finances than I did back then, but. <laughs> But he was able to get it. The, the shows are on YouTube, and it shows him sitting right in the front. I mean, center stage, right on the stage, right in front of Chris Cornell. It's, I couldn't imagine. So everybody go check those guys out. You will not be disappointed by Temple of the Dog. Oh, for sure. Right? And after Andy Wood died, Chris decided he wanted to make an album with the surviving members of Mother Love Bone, which was uh, Jeff Hammond and Stone Gossard which is the heart of Pearl Jam, you know? Yeah. So Mother Love Bone went on to become Pearl Jam. Yes. And then we got Eddie Vedder. And then as they, I think it was before their first album were released, they did the uh, Temple of the Dog Project. And Chris was cool enough to let their singer sing on the album as well, which is where you come up, This, which is where Eddie Vedder comes in on Hunger Strike. And there's a couple other songs he sings back up on. On that on that album too, and if you shit, if anyone's never even heard of, if you've been living under a rock for the past fifty years, <laughs> you never <laughs> heard of Simple the Dog. Go check that out. There is not a bad track on that entire album. It's just Chris Cornell's songwriting at its best with members of Pearl Jam. Their lineup right now is Temple of the Dog. That as soon as Chris Cornell so cool. walks on stage, they're Temple of the Dog. You know, because there's Matt Cameron playing drums with him. Yeah. You know, uh, drummer for Soundgarden. He's playing for Pearl Jam now. Has uh, been for decades. And I'd also like to point out that Ben Shepard came into the band during Bad Motor Finger. And then their lineup was Secure. Is that right? Yeah, yes. I guess you're right. As their classic lineup. Yeah, because uh, Yamamoto was... He was on Louder Than Love. I guess he went back to college and he made a bad choice, but... He was in a couple other bands. Okay. Uh, Ma Yamamoto was. I remember seeing on Facebook. I'm in a couple grunge pages where, you know, they say, you know, they'll have a picture of a guy and then they'll say, bass player of blah, 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 whatever bands, you know, and yeah. which is kind of cool, you know, because it's content that... It's trivia content that I would never go and look up Every once in a while, it's interesting as it comes across the feed. You know what I mean? Right. And then we're going to go into 1994. That was a great year. And oh, it was. The Super Unknown was dropped oh, on us. One of the best albums ever made Big in the history of albums. Tunes on this one, too. So many singles on this, on this album. And I know you wanted to play this one right here. Let Me Drown. Oh, great album. This was a great commercial... Track and critical success this thing was all over the place i know everybody's heard black hole sun a million times but there was a ton of other good tunes spoon man was one of them that's still played to this day oh yeah uh, fell on black days was a great cover a great it was our, was a great tune. single uh day i tried to live yes i mean i mean there's all kinds of 
do. And then all the deep cut stuff, oh, you know, like Billman and Fourth yeah. of July and like Suicide and gee, whiz, what a monster, monster, monster of an album. And this sold 310,000 copies in its opening week, and it topped the Australian, Canadian, and New Zealand charts the first week. Wow. Number one. Boom. Yeah. And they were, go ahead, I'm sorry. I said they were also nominated for a Grammy Award with this album as well. So many great songs. I'm just I'm looking at them right here. And oh, wow. I love the beginning of the song. It just sets the oh, tone. Yeah. When I'm having a bad day, this song seems to pop in my head sometimes. Oh yeah! Ow. Wow. These guys won a lot of accolades. They were. Number 17 in the top 20 albums of 94 with Spin Magazine. Number 3 of the best albums of 94 in Rolling Stone Magazine. Pause and Play, the 90s top essential albums. They were number 11 and Loudwire ranked them number 3 of the 10 best hard rock albums of 94. Boom. Wow. Oh yeah, what a great song! That gives you some chills right there. Listen to it this. Does, man. Yeah. Well, we went and seen them. When we went and seen the last time we went and see Soundgarden was back in uh, 2012, I think it was. Okay. And man, it was they were awesome, just awesome. And um, they would let me drown. I think, or no, my wave. It was my my wave. This song right here. Oh yeah. They open with this, and dude, they just smashed in the face. Like the next five songs. That's hit awesome. After hit after hit, man. It was just, it was just so wow. cool. The first time I seen them was back in '96. They played it. It was on the Down the Upside tour. Okay. And um, they we were playing a lot of Palooza. And they were uh, headlining with Metallica. Metallica was still headlining with, with, with them. Wow. And uh, we got, man, it was just, we was in the mosh pit. We was at Sky Lake, and there was like a million people there to see Mike. And, uh, man, they opened with, they opened with uh, Spoon Man. Yes. And it, it was just like a wall of people. It was like being in a sea. Man, it was so crazy. Wow. And they played, I remember that night they played, they played a Doors cover, Waiting for the Sun. And they played this whole album, not this whole album, but they played, you know, a lot of a lot of stuff off of uh, Down the Upside. It was just great. What a great, great show. Oh, I'm that sure That was my was. first time. Yeah. This song did go to number 11 on the charts, but that's pretty cool. Really? This song did? Yes, it did. I never really knew this to be a single. This is a deep track. It's really cool. Oh. Limo Rick. Oh, this is my favorite song on this album. Now, this has got a really cool early grunge feel to it. Yeah. It doesn't have yeah. that mainstream sound that a lot of these songs yeah. have on this album. Yeah. And I think well, something else that sets a lot of sound stuff apart 
just the, the, the lyrics, man. I mean, Chris was such a crowd lyricist. Yes. The imagery that he can invoke in your mind. Like, listen to this right here. Tears of the feeble, hands of the slaves. Skin of the mothers, mouths of the babes. Building the towers belongs to the sky. This is definitely dark and mysterious. I mean, dude, I mean, some of, I mean, some of the imagery that he could invoke with his words, I mean, coupled with the crazy time signatures, sound dark music, you know what I mean? It was just, yeah. It was a winning combination. Okay, they won two Grammy Awards in 95. Black Hole Sun received the award for Best Hard Rock Performance. And Spoon, yeah. Spoon Man received the award for Best Metal Performance. Sweet. Wow. Album has been certified six times platinum in the U.S. Wow. Well, I know I helped out two or three times, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and these guys did the whole touring they did the Lollapalooza many times oh yeah the pink pop fest that's a that's a classic one if any of your viewers want to check that one out on on YouTube that one's got some great great vintage sound garden live vintage that's awesome There's just so many good ones on here. You could just keep playing this all day. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, it's from front to back, man. I mean, it's, there's not a bad song on this one. For sure. Like, Suicide is an awesome, awesome jam. Kickstand's um, okay. Kickstand's okay. It, it probably comes in last, but like I said, I mean, there's not a bad song on the whole. On the 4th of July, shoo-wee. I mean, it just goes on and on. Yeah, and there's also... A super deluxe version of this album. There is a 20th anniversary. There's a lot to check out with this album. For sure. If you're looking for an honest, dependable auto repair facility, then look no further than Shady Smuts Garage. Whether your vehicle needs brakes, engine work, or just routine maintenance, the nephew of the Smuts can do it all. Located at 8049 Whites Road, Salina, Ohio, contact Daniel at 260-849-0915 to schedule quality work today. 260-849-0915. Okay, and now we're going to go to 1996, Down on the Upside. It took me a while to get into this album. Yeah. You know, and, and it seems like because I'm, I, I'm a weirdo, but I, you know, I hear like singles on the radio and then I'm done with them. I refuse to listen to singles. When, when I'm listening to my car, in my car or something or hanging out, you know, I always skip the singles because I just... I don't know. I'm just a weird because I've heard them enough, I guess. I, I, I don't know. I understand. I like to but listen I, to the deep cuts. Yep. Kind of explore Same them. This one was a good, this one was a single from around where we were at. Yep. Pretty new. This is a pretty good one. Yep. The album, it topped the New Zealand and Australian charts and it 
made a debut of number two in the United States, selling 200,000 copies in its opening a week. Boom. Wow. Yeah, but uh, like I said, it took me a long time to. Get, I bought this one, and I wasn't really impressed with all the with with the uh, with the radio songs. The yeah. bug in my hand never really grabbed me. Uh, Blow up the outside world never really grabbed me. It was a it was a teensy bit too yeah. commercial for me. How about but it's like, oh, But did you like that one? Yeah, I did. I mean, but now it's like in the past couple of years, you know, past two three years, I had this. I had this album on my, on my phone, and I've, I've listened to the shit out of it. And I, this is, I probably, I'm probably more familiar with this album than any other. Okay. And I tell you what, some of them are just absolutely beautiful. Some of the stuff on here, man. Let's play Zero Chance. Zero Chance, man. This song is so heartbreaking. Oh. If you, you know, if you take it into just what it's about. I mean, why don't what I feel it's about, you know. Okay. I think about Chris, you know. Yes. And the band had some tensions within at this time. They did, yeah. And that led to these guys to break up shortly afterwards. And they did go yeah. on tour with Metallica on the Lollapalooza in 96 with this. Yeah, that's the one that I went to. That's 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 where that's when I saw him for the first time. That is really cool. Yeah, I wish I'd have paid more attention at the concert. I wish I knew. I wish I could see that concert again. Yep. With as familiar as I am with the songs now, you know what I'm saying. This album has sold over 1.6 million copies in the wow. U.S. alone. Wow. So it was really big when it came out. But again, I mean, this is another song. Once you get into it, man, to really, really get in there, there's some awesome songs. This song, there's a song called Tighter and Tighter, is unbelievable. Overfloater is an awesome song, dude. Boot Camp. Um, and then you, got, then you have the, uh, the, the singles, Burden in My Hand, Blow Up the Outside World. Ooh, it's a good one there. This is it. It's been a while since Overfloater. I this one. It just, just, you know, just the ambience that it sets. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, now, I didn't and like this album as well as the previous one, but it, like you said, it just kind of had to grow on you a little bit. It does. It, gra- it grew on me big time. Because I have a friend of mine lived in Michigan. His name is Ron Tippin. He's a huge... A part of our friendship was we both shared music and sounds. I love for sound garden. And he's also a big time bootlegger too. You know, he loves collecting boot boot bootleg live stuff. And um, he told me about this. He was hit to this album twenty years ago. And he kept you know, he kept using sounds awesome, sounds awesome. I was like, eh, it's all right, you know, so but now, finally, twenty years later, I understand what he's talking about. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just so cool. A song, in fact, the song Tighter and Tighter, the last time we saw Soundgarden in Detroit, um, we, uh, Chris, but he prefaced the song by saying, he was like, well, we've never played this, so let's see if we can't screw it up to 
too bad. And me never being real a big fan of Down the Upside, I've never really heard this song before. So okay. they started playing this. They started playing this. And I was like, wow. And I knew it was special just yes. because listen to that, you know? It was unbelievable. What went later on, and that was, I ended up, you know, there was, you can go and check out different um, these websites where you can find like the um, the set list okay. of, of of the show and how many song how many times these songs have been played live. This was the first time that they had ever played Tighter and Tighter live, and it was for us at the Detroit show. Amazing! And it just blew my mind. I was like, oh my. So that's like maybe take another look at <laughs> Down the Upside. Yeah. Yeah. Just got to go back and listen to it. You know, it's like, wow, I like that one. Oh, yeah. I like that one. I like this one, too. Yeah, very good. That's all awesome, man. It's another one. Again, there's, there's a, you know, just a ton of great songs on here. Now, these guys did get back together in 2010. Yes. And they started to work on a new album as well. They did. So that one didn't really listen a whole lot. It was... Animal was that one. A good song on it. There was a single on it that they had done. They released a single off of it. Blood on the Valley Floor was pretty good. Um, Cricket Steps was pretty cool. You know, non-state actor. I mean, there was, I mean, there was, there was some cool songs. My favorite was the one that I showed you, Tari. I think that's my, my favorite track, track on this album. Yeah, there was a few singles, like you said, Been Away Too Long. That was their first one. Yeah, yeah. But listen to that groove, you know? They've been gone for a long time. And vocal. A record label called Lama Vista Recordings. Never heard of it. Yeah. Uh, is that what this album was on? Yes. Maybe they should have went on the other record label that me and Schmutz really likes, Frontier Records. Yeah. It might have been more widely released. Uh, you know, I mean, Soundgarden, they've always been, you know, kind of the background of things. And like every other you know, you have your singles that you got to make and get your name out there. But, right. you know, they never really struck me as, as, as building music for the masses. You know what I mean? Just kind of did what they wanted to and right, did it know, well. But that's what art's about. Yes. You know, not... Chris Cornell, one time I'm in an interview, he said that there's a quote from him that says, Music made to make money deserves to fail. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> now, this album was also released as a deluxe box set that featured the CD with three demos and a bonus track, as well as oh, yeah. a double LP and a DVD of the band's 2012 performance at Hyde. Park. I had no idea. Wow. That was out That's there. That's cool. 
And there's also other versions of this album with demos and bonus tracks for all you Soundgarden fans. Oh, yeah. 2012, that's the year we saw them. That's the year we saw them. They were supporting this album. Okay. This is non-state actor. But he has to know. Two, the place where we saw them at, the Fillmore downtown in Detroit, was was also unfortunately where Chris had his last show oh, a couple years later. Yes, it was. It was James. This is their first single. Yeah, been away for too long. Is yes. what I do remember this one on the radio. This one wasn't too bad. You probably won't ever hear it on the radio again, which is sad. And there's a few songs on this album. I just, I just, I just feel like they were Soundgarden-ish, you yes. know. But right. who's to say that? You know, I mean, yeah. You know, but you know, the older a band is, and the more they go along their career, okay. You know, they do things. I mean, look at Metallica. You know, Metallica, and they all these bands. All bands go through evolution, you know. Right. Sure they, they they mature in their songwriting and. And, you know, different things are presented to them in life to make them write songs about different things. And, it's, you know, it's, you know, it's um, the natural evolution. is like something grows old like anything else. Now, I did read that in 2019, the surviving members of Soundgarden were trying to finish and release an album they were working on when Chris was uh. alive. But the ah. master files of Cornell's vocal recordings are currently being withheld. And when Kim, he sought permission to use these files, he was denied. Oh, no. So in some no. way, shape, or form, we could hear something new from Soundgarden, possibly. That would be great. I'm, I'd love to hear that. But that yeah, I know that there was a, I know there was a big, ugly court to do. Uh, some kind of legal proceedings with his wife, yeah. with Chris Cornell's estate and his wife and the band, and it got real ugly. And you know, it, that sucks, man. Because sure does. you know, both people on both sides love this guy eternally. You know, yes. and it just sucks that you know, you know, there's these legal tripwires. You know, that they got to go through, and it's it's a shame. I hate I that. But I, but I heard. I mean, this was and and a while back, I heard that they. They came to amends on everything. Okay. I, heard, I, I hope. I hope. Hopefully, it's all good now. I but, guess um, on April twenty three of this year, it was revealed that there were seven final recordings from Chris that would be released after the dispute between members of Soundgarden and Vicky Cornell had ended. So, yeah, we might be hearing some new stuff in the future. Man, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Check out Spare Time Lanes in Burn, Indiana, for all your bowling needs. Lance and his crew serve up a meat lunch, dinner, and Friday breakfast with 16 beers, including craft beers, on tap. Brand new cooler and TVs for your sporting entertainment. So come on into Spare Time Lanes Monday through Saturday for some bowling action, great food, great beer, and all-around fun. And maybe drink a bush latte with the smuts. And not only does Chris have you know, his career in Soundgarden, but man, he's got so many 
solo album, yes. solo project. I mean, it just goes on and on. I mean, same as the Soundgarden le- Legacy does. First solo album, Down the Aisle, uh, well, no, not Down the Upside, it was um, uh, Euphoria Morning. Yes. It was just an, a masterpiece, a masterpiece. You know, and I, I hate to say this, but there was a time, you know, after he left Soundgarden and started doing his thing, I didn't follow him as much. You know, he was doing some stuff. I mean, you know me and how I my disdain for covers, <laughs> you yeah. know, it just seems like that's just, you know, that's all, that's what he was doing. He was torn and doing crazy covers of stuff. And I just, yeah, whereas I understand, yo, he did. And I understand why he did it. It was an easy thing. It was like, you know, it's Chris Cornell traveling around these small venues, playing acoustic and covering Billy Jean and these other just regular songs. It was easy. You yeah. know, it was, it was an easy gig for him. You know, and I get that, but I don't know. Then he he got, he had lots of collaborations with that was that country guy, Chris Brown. Was it he had a collaboration with him? And then Audio Slave, of course. You know, they made like three albums of material together. I mean, they were all over the place. We could probably have a podcast on Chris's stuff all on its own and Audio Slave. Totally, man. Yeah, I mean, Chris was such a prolific songwriter and artist and musician and. I felt like I lost a member of my family when he passed. It was sad. I know. R.I.P. Chris. Totally. We miss you. Yeah, we sure do, man. Well, we're going to end this show with what I think is one of Chris's best solo songs. Can't Change Me. This is a good one. Yeah, it is. I mean, he's got, he's got so many cool songs. Yeah. This album again, Before Your Morning. There's, there's not a bad song on this album either. And it's it's like, really good. Everything he touches, man, was just turns to gold, man. Yeah. And this song was actually on the radio for quite a while. It was. It did. Yeah, it sure was. It was down. It was over here too. It was single for a long time. It went to number five on the charts. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And he was also nominated for Best Male Vocal Performance at the 2000 Grammy Awards. Sweet. That, that should have been of the century. Yeah. Me? <laughs> <laughs> so he has five studio albums. He's got three with Audio Slave, so there's a lot to go through. If you're a fan of Soundgarden, check out all, wow. all his other material. Totally. He also did an album that had like all cover songs, which is No One Sings Like You Anymore. And he ah. also did a cover of Patience from GNR, so he was probably a big fan of those guys at the time. Now, I remember hearing that one on the radio. They, that one was released in the past couple of years. And that, dude, I like that one better than the original. Yeah. Dude, that version of Parent of Patience, I think it's got, I think it's him and Brandon O'Brien, I think, is playing, is playing like, okay. you know, some other, some other stuff, which Brandon O'Brien is a legendary producer from the Seattle scene. He, he's worked with all those guys. Okay. Pearl Jam and, you know, Soundgarden, all those cats. Before we end this, I have to play this song. I think I know which one you're talking about. Nothing compares to you. Oh, this one? This one is. There's another one that was, yeah, there was like a awesome. whole. Oh. This one gives you chills. 
So this is Chris at his best right here. It is so. Well, it just shows another side of him, of his. Yeah. It sure does. I thought this was even better than Sinead's version and Prince's version. And Prince wrote this song, you know. Prince wrote this song for Sinead Yeah. His version is not that great. If you guys want to hear that, check out our Cover Me Part 1 episode where we do talk about this album and this song quite a bit. Yeah, they... um, you know, I mean, that could be a whole episode there of all the songs that Prince has put out for people. You know, he's yeah. an unbelievable artist as well. You just may have to have a show on Prince one of these days. That is an interesting idea. Well, if that's the case, I got my buddy. You need to interview him because he's the guy. He's a Prince guy. Okay. I'm a buddy of mine. He's just he tell you everything I'm We'll make a note of that. Probably. All right, everybody, we're going to lead out with this. Final thoughts on Soundgarden, Mr. Diehouse. You know, listening to Chris and Soundgarden, I've been listening to them for a long, long time. And, you know, they have paved my way emotionally and creatively and artistically. And when I was in the band, you know, Chris, I tried to model myself after Chris and Soundgarden. I mean, that's, that's who I looked up to, you know, and they're just a great, awesome band was yes. very creative and um, amazing songwriters yeah. great musicians right. it, it's a shame that Chris is gone and it's, and it's all over now and uh, I wish it was different but it's not so you know I'll continue to jam the Soundgarden probably the day I die I'll probably have some Chris Cornell lyrics written on my tombstone probably that's what kind of fan <laughs> I am you know playing some of this stuff it brings back a lot of memories for me oh yeah just came out the right time in the 90s man i was in my 20s we were jamming this stuff along with metallica and maiden and megadeth and warrant but we always had to throw in some sound garden some alice in chains some pearl jam you know some mad seasons you you name it we were playing it all and mixing it it up in a big bowl that's it man and just think, for all your listeners out there, you know, just think of it this way. We are so lucky to be in the same time frame in existence with Soundgarden. Yeah. That's just, that's lucky. That, gotta, that's luck. Here are a, a lot of cool bands in our day. Yep, so that's I, a fact. I thank the good Lord above that we got to hear that good stuff, and I'll never forget it. And I'm still listening to fact. it. And boom, here oh, we are yeah. doing a podcast on all our bands that we love. That's what it's all about, man. Yes. It's about the love. It's all about the love. Yes. So, Mr. Diehouse, we thank you for coming on to the Headbangers Vault tonight. Thanks for having me, man. It's always a good time yeah. talking with you and chatting and catching up. We'll, we'll get you on again here pretty soon with some of your other faves, and hopefully we get okay. schmutz on next time, too. Yeah, we'll get the schmutz. Yeah. The schmutz dog, man. Time. Okay. Well, everybody, check us out on Spotify, Podbean, and all that good stuff. And what Nikki Lane says, if it's too loud, you're too old. So God bless, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Headbangers Vault, bringing you the best in rock and metal music and music talk with your hosts, B1 Bomb and the Smuts. Check us out on your social media pages, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you'd be interested in being a part of our show or advertising with us, please visit our webpage at headbangersvault.podbean.com. And remember, if it's too loud, you're too old. <laughs>